and welcome to episode 57 of Once Upon a Nightmare. As always, I'm your host Lorraine and this week I am lucky enough to be joined by my best chum, that is Harry. Hi Harry. How are you? (laughs) I'm alright, thank you, how are you? Grand, grand. Um, Harry has been on before, you did uh, Heavenly Creatures, didn't you? I did, yeah. And she is also my co-host of another podcast that we are about to start doing again when we started back in November 2017. A long time ago. (laughs) I know, I know. That was called Show Me the Podcast. So we've decided to bring it back on October 27th, haven't we? Well, it's a very specific date. Um, Yeah. (laughs) No, but we said we were going to release on a Wednesday and we wanted to do it near... Near Halloween. Near Halloween. Yeah. Because there's a spooky one in that. I think we're releasing three episodes, aren't we? Yeah, big spoiler. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, big spoiler. I'll go running for it. Um, So how have you been? How's things? What have you been up to? Um, What have I been up to? Not a lot, really. Um, (laughs) Oh, just I've I've got a new gizmo. So I've been using that and teaching myself how to use that for for design purposes. Is that the the, the iPod? iPad? iPad Pro, yeah. It's great for, it's got like a pen and everything so you can do some funky designs. So it's like a fancy Hetcher sketch. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little bit more than that, but yeah. Yeah, basically. Do you know, I used to have a Hetcher sketch and I was on it all the time. (laughs) Yeah, we had one, but it didn't last long. Well, we had one with Riley and it didn't didn't last too long. Um, But yeah, that's cool. I've seen a couple of uh, Insta stories of you playing it. Mm. Oh yeah, there's a garage band on it. So wait for those jingles because they're gonna come. <laughs> a lot of people do their editing on Garage Band when they got um Max. Because you can't get that on anything else, can you? No. 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 It's a great program for like especially yeah. considering it's free. Oh so. right. What Apple gave you something for free? They give you a lot of programs for free when you get Jesus. Yeah, you get iMovie. Well, I suppose when you clips. spend two fucking million quid on a bloody pen or something, you <laughs> Um, it wasn't that much actually cool cool so um for this episode uh we are harry's not the biggest horror fan so i have to be quite selective with the horror films i pick and i knew that she had seen this one and uh we both love it and uh that is a film that came out in 1999 another great film for that year Mm. and uh this is sleepy hollow Ichabod Crane, sent from New York to investigate murder in Sleepy Hollow. How much of your superiors explained to you? Only that the three were slain in open ground, their heads severed from their bodies. Taken by the headless horseman, taken back to hell. He rode a giant black steed to look at him. Major blood run cold. Even today, the western woods is a haunted place where brave men will not venture. We have murders in New York without benefit of ghouls and goblins. You're a long way from New York, Constable. Is everyone in this village enthralled to superstition? We have many things to talk about, even in this backward place. Excuse my manner. I'm not used to. Female company? No! 
The Orphan's killed again! The assassin is a man of flesh and blood, and I will discover him. Are you so certain of everything? Perhaps there's a bit of a witch in you, Katrina. Why do you say that? Because you've bewitched me. So Sleepy Hollow was directed by Tim Burton and written by Kevin Yeager and Andrew Kevin Walker. I think I've put that down wrong. Adapted from the story, The Legends of Sleepy Hollow, written by Washington Irvin. It had a budget of $100 million and grossed $206 million. It stars Johnny Depp as Ichabod Crane, a policeman from New York City who has been sent to Sleepy Hollow to investigate the brutal decapitations of some of its occupants. He is told this is the work of a headless Hessian mercenary played by Christopher Walken, but being a man of science, he is not convinced about the supernatural elements of the case and tries to convince the town this is the work of a flesh-and-blood man. Did you write that? Yeah. It's very good. Sorry, no. I just realised. you so fucking described. Sorry. No, I, saw, I, I enjoyed listening to that. <laughs> Especially the way you say walking. Christopher Walken. Walken. Christopher Walken. How are you supposed to say it? Walken. Walken. Walk. And then you go walk. Anyway. It's like my folk. Yeah. <laughs> my folklore. Harry likes to pick out how I say things wrong. But you love it. It's time, you know, it's been like 14 years, whatever. <laughs> oh, it is 14 years, yeah. So, um, Harry, tell me what you think of this uh, amazing film. Okay, gonna I'm going to fess up. <laughs> <laughs> I had recorded some of it with Harry and then we took a break because we were getting wine and then I forgot to press record when we were chatting for ages. <laughs> <laughs> so if you hear the occasional yawn from me that's what... <laughs> so harry tell me again <laughs> where did you like this film and did you like this film and i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> <coughs> oh god i'm having a coughing fit now as well. cough on your own time you, you've frozen on my screen and you're just doing this <laughs> And for the for the listeners, that was like a Jack Nicholson Joker face. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Um, oh gosh, what did what have we said? So, yeah, you like yeah. this film? I do like this film. Yeah, um, like you said, I remember what was it? Like you said um, earlier, I'm not a massive fan of horror, hence why I haven't really been on your uh, podcast a lot. <laughs> um but um and it does fall into the horror realm but it's a different it's a different ball game i think um it's actually sort of more of a a victorian kind of gothic uh murder mystery mm. for me personally so we, and i i that's the part of it i really i really enjoy um and it's really rich in that kind of um sort of victorian gothic sort of um murder mystery 
cinematic language. Um, so I'm here for it. Yeah. yeah, no, it doesn't, with the, the the gore, for use of a better term, it just looks like thick red paint. Yeah, it does. It doesn't look realistic at all against that, like, mon- monochromatic no. like style. It doesn't, does it? And, like, even when, because um, obviously people get their heads cut off, even when they chop the heads off, it's it's not like an over-the-top, you know, stabby-stabby. It's just one swift of the yeah. sword and it's done so you don't you you don't ever have to look away like even down to how he purposefully apparently spinned the heads when they got cut you know when sometimes they got their heads got cut off they would spin mm. i find the 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 most shocking uh, murder in the whole movie is when bron is it is like ripped in half yeah but he fucking deserved it mate <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, do you know why he did? I know we're jumping ahead and we will go back. But like the thing was, he, first of all, we don't like him straight away because when Ichabod first comes to Sleepy Hollow, Katrina, who is Christine, Christina Ricci's character. Yeah. She is got blindfolds on and she's like, basically, Mm -hmm. whoever she grabs, she has to give him a little kiss on the cheek. And he's like deeply offended by this. You'd think she'd started shagging him in front of her or something the way he carries on. And then these are like days of yore, you know. I know, but come on, mate. And but that attitude is what got him killed because when the as we find out when this goes on, the whole like mystery of it is he's not after everyone. You know, at the start we just kind of think he's murdering people, but he's not after everyone. And you know, even Ichabod says to to him when they're fighting the headless horseman because yeah. they're kind of fighting together at this stage he's not <laughs> after you but he does that thing where he fucking puffs out his chest i'm gonna be the one who kills him you know his ego gets him killed yeah and he was a twat <laughs> he's a bit of a twat yeah so that's why <laughs> i'm not really you know i mean obviously nobody deserves to die but yeah he um yeah he was an idiot played it well though. <laughs> played it well um, you did play it well. Yeah. But um, I think, like, you know, to go back to the beginning of it, one thing I did love about this was the whole kind of like, you know, because well, I'm I'm not a, a bright person, as in summary person. <laughs> I'm not that bright. Um, I don't know why I had to do it in a, <laughs> in a Somerset accent. I am from Somerset. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> and um, so I loved the whole like misty dark gray made me want to live there vibe dude you live in the uk so you say that (laughs) i've been bloody walking to school every day and that i've had to wear my sunglasses because that sun won't piss off and let autumn come and do its job i'm rolling my eyes at you (laughs) that little bit of sunshine like really flip my bad mood around so we are we are so chalk and cheese <laughs> we really are no it was just doing my head in enough is enough don't, don't get me wrong i am feeling like the whole autumnal uh, thing now and weirdly i'm looking forward to decorating my house for christmas actually i've never done um, wow yeah i know weird so i know I... but i get i get what you mean i think this this um this movie really encapsulates kind of um a sort of autumnal 
it, I, I want to say sort of um, England, you know, mm. UK vibe in it. And, and he, you know, he did film a lot of it here. Um, he filmed all of it here with the sets. He set up, he made, they built a village in England from scratch. I thought he did that in America, no, the sets. in England. Oh, right. Okay. Well, yeah, there you go then. And he definitely gets it. And I think it works well because of the historical setting of um, upstate New York is was you know it did have a lot of european um sort of settlers making towns then so you mm. have the dutch and the and i think the english uh, i might be wrong but yeah you definitely got that vibe mm. yeah no it was um it yeah it was it felt very england to me even though it was in uh new york but they the like the whole film from a you know the cinematography and everything was just spectacular and they even won an oscar for best art direction and set direction, Rick Heinitz and Peter Young, they record. He did get nominated for a cinematography award, but for an Oscar, but he didn't. He didn't get it. But he should have. I can't remember who got it instead of him. He did the cinematographer. This did Children of Me, and you like that film, don't you? Children of Men. <laughs> Children of Men. <laughs> I forgot. To, I forgot to put the N on the men. Because <laughs> you're bright. <laughs> Proper smart. Um, um yeah um all right okay well you can kind of see similar similarities in those two movies and like the, the saturated or monochromatic kind of yeah vibe um yeah that's cool and and i think it does deserve the accolades that it got um yeah because it was just it was just stunning to look at and i think that's one thing about um you know and obviously against elf danny elfman's score especially that opening bit but i think the whole thing when you're watching it it's just like beautiful photo after photo almost like do you know what I mean yeah it's just that's one thing I think about Tim Burton's work because I do I do like his films I do like him as a director he's just like visually it's just stunning he gives you so much more than just watching a film he gives you stuff to actually properly look at and appreciate and just you know oh yeah every Every um, shot is uh, it could be taken as a still mm. photograph kind of thing, mm. but that this kind of ties in. So <clears throat> I I think well, I can't remember if we said this when we weren't recording or not, <laughs> but um, I, I I I was talking about how I see a lot of um, Tim Burton sort of in this movie and how I feel like it's a bit of a passion project for him mm. I might be wrong but that's just what I feel from watching this and like watching it and seeing the character of like Ichabod and I think this is sort of a bit similar in his other movies there's always a young man dark crazy hair like Tim Burton <laughs> a bit quirky <laughs> has you know this role to play is a bit sort of an outsider but you know you know the the unexpected hero in it in all of his movies there's pretty much that character and I think you know is a bit you know similar to to Tim Burton himself but in this as well um Ichabod Crane like the whole theme of him is like optics and how he sees the world Mm. you know is it magic is it science does it have you know you know the the bird and the yeah and the and the toy, the, his gizmos and stuff. And it's, again, like, it's how the, he sees the world. And I think, again, is that like Tim Burton saying, this is how I see the world or would like to see the world or the world see me? I just thought, it's like, it's very clever. 
Yeah, no, I um, I didn't think of it with the look of him actually, because yeah, when you look at like Edward Scissorhands and this character as well, and the the crazy hair and most of his film characters have his hair. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just I just never never thought of that, but they do, they do. Um, but yeah, no, I I do think there's a lot of him in this. I think that um, because Johnny Depp once said about how he, you know, he's more an artist than a that a director like that that's kind of like who he is and I think he basically brings mm. a bit of himself into every film he does it doesn't feel like just a you know the way some films you watch it's just like you wouldn't know who the the director was you wouldn't know the style yeah. but most people can put on a film and be like that's Tim Burton you know yeah definitely he's got his own he's got his own sort of brand styling isn't he he's an he's an auteur at the end of the day mm. like he can like you could with you know hitchcock and um nolan to the, mm. you know these days you could say that's that's a tim burton even more so with him it's just that style that gothic kind of quirkiness mm. you know oh it's extremely quirky but i love that i think when you watch his films you get completely sucked into this whole new world like it's a true form of escapism sometimes watching his movies you know yeah but i um but you know there there is um some brightness in this film which i did enjoy and like that was uh the mother like i felt like she was kind of like the ray of sunshine this is ichabod's mother that we get these right. flashback scenes of because everything's quite like i said it's quite you know what you guys would call doom and gloom um what i would call a you nice guys. day yeah <laughs> <laughs> you sun folk and um <laughs> But I, I, but I liked her in it. I just thought she was so beautiful. But just in, do you know why? The, why? Because she's not about doom and gloom. <laughs> I'm she's not about doom and gloom. I just like the doom and gloom weather. And then I bring out my ray of sunshine to the doom and gloom. And people <laughs> just look at me and go, "Doesn't matter that it's doom and gloom. There's Lorraine." <laughs> <laughs> I sure do. I know. I mean. Um, but yeah, no, I loved her in this. But that was a weird, because um, his dad was like some weird Bible basher fucker, wasn't he? And oh, uh, yeah. Is that not the technical term? I didn't well. No, come on. Yeah. You know. He was a religious man, a devout. A he wasn't a religious, religious man. He was a fucking psycho. You know? Yeah. He was in casualty. <laughs> I'm so glad I had you on to give your, you know, add add to the episode. He was in casualty. I know, but every time I'm sorry, this is something revealing now. But every time I watch this movie, I'm like, because I don't think he's been in many Hollywood movies, that actor. But I just remember him being in Holby City or Casualty when I was younger, and I'm like. Oh, that's him. <laughs> Sorry. You were making a serious point. <laughs> I was making a very serious point about this fucker. Um, no, but you know when, like, obviously he doesn't like, he thinks obviously that she's some sort of possessed witch or something, doesn't he? Because she's mm. like a normal person. And when he goes in to find his mom and she's in that kind of, Oh, thing torture that thing. torture thing and then there's all that other torture stuff around yeah you know that's fucked up man 
Why do people think that, you know, why do people do fucked up things to justify the stupid fucking beliefs that they have? Just my head in. I really don't know. I mean, there's so much. God told me to do it. No, he didn't. You fucking did it yourself. Yeah. But he even like, Ichabod even like gets to that point straight away at the beginning of the movie Mm. when he's like, you know, it's the turn of the century. What are you doing still using these barbaric? Yeah these barbaric methods because he I mean, he obviously doesn't agree rightly so with his dad's methods and um i mean if i can kill his mom but it's them. it's ter- <laughs> like when you watch films like set in this time mm. it's fucking terrifying to think of what people were put through and for for very small things it could be like it's not necessarily like murder and rape and stuff like that it's like you stole bread from the fucking shop like like that guy yeah, that they brought in and he, he robs someone or he'd taken something you know the guy at the beginning they throw him down that hole yeah well i mean you know it's not just then like there are places in the world where shit like this is happening now yeah you know look at the stuff well i'm getting deep yeah no but, you know. i know what you mean <laughs> but yeah yeah it's bullshit but um, mm. yeah, so yeah, it's extremely fucking barbaric. Yeah. The th- like it's a bit, a bit of an overreaction really, isn't it? <laughs> well, I think in this it's much more, it's, it, I, I'm not coming at, I don't want to come at it from, well, I am going to come at it from this angle. This is the sense that I get from this movie that it wasn't necessarily just the religious angle. It was his dad trying mm. to control mm. his mom. Um. And I think there is this angle in this movie where women are kind of doing it for themselves a little bit through, mm. and you know, in this they need magic to do it, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's definitely control, and it's a weird thing to think because she didn't actually the the mother didn't actually do anything, did she? She was just kind of she was a, a free spirit basically. She um she did have uh a very revealing delicatage or whatever you call it. <laughs> Which I didn't quite understand, considering that's his mum. But <laughs> yeah, but that was a style, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they all had their boobos out. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have fit in perfectly back in You the would, because your boobs are massive. <laughs> yeah, they are, but I just wish I could for such, them in for a For such corset, a little you know? person, your boobs are massive. <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. I know. <laughs> Harry's boobs are massive. Um, <laughs> That's the third time you've told them. <laughs> um, moving on. Moving swiftly on. One, one thing I did think was great about this film, obviously we've got Johnny Depp in it. I think Johnny Depp's an amazing actor and this was the third time he worked with him. Previously he had done Edward Scissorhands and Ed Wood, two great films. Yeah. But... I and obviously we've got Christina Ricci, who everyone knows, and Christopher Walken. I, I'm afraid to say Walken now because you make fun of me when I do. No, just say it, own it, Lorraine. Okay, Christopher Walken. Um, but then we've got like some really great British actors: Michael Gambon, Miranda Richardson, Richard Griffiths, and then of course mm-hmm. we've got the little young Masbeth, played by Mark Pickering, Ichabod's yeah. sidekick. I liked him. I do like him. He adds a bit of levity to the movie, mm. I think. Um, but I don't know why. He, I mean, there. I mean, I understand it's there for a reason because there are other characters that kind of do this as well. But he's really hammy. Uh, I suspect with some of the lines he delivers that he like 
tries to be almost like they come across as like overly theatrical wannabe Shakespearean and it just makes me go (laughs) (laughs) it was his first film oh no I know it's not bad I think it's I think it's intentionally because and I think he was in like he kind of came from the theatre he's from Yorkshire (laughs) and like I liked that you could tell he was a bit wet behind the ears, but I think that went well with it because as well with, with Ichabod, he's very childlike some of the time. Like, you know, the way when he's, um, so they find that body and the way he's like, he's doing all his like forensics uh, around it. <laughs> and he's like, he starts pretending he's like riding the horse and like he's yeah. he's very dramatic and theatrical, I think, in himself. Yeah, every like a lot of people are in it. Yeah, and the, like when he puts yeah. on those glasses and the big bit goes out and stuff like that, and I I loved all that. I thought it was brilliant. But I thought he, I thought he, um, I think they complemented each other very well as a little psychic because I think the thing is when you first watch this, you kind of think the way he's getting on with, um, Katrina, who is Christina Ricci you kind of think that they're going to kind of buddy up. And while they do slightly, you then kind of get, no, it's him and young Masbeth that are mm. the the kind of the couple of the, um, the bromance. <laughs> well, it comes, I suppose it's sort of echoing, not echoing, it's like mimicking his own upbringing, you know, mm. uh, scientific, like religious fact, whatever, father, witchy mom and he you know and he was the boy and i suppose it's kind of mirror and then it all just went to shit and then it's like mirroring that and Mm. it's happy happy ending yeah but getting back to the like overacting but you know in a good way i there's some moments there's some killer lines in this from depp when he goes bolters bang tassel <laughs> he does that and when another time when he's in the bed i just have to say when he's in the bed and he's like he was a um a horseman and he was headless <laughs> it's just the way he does it i love that so scene and i love it when this is one of the bits because um i don't know if we said this before because i can't remember where i cut off but dev watched it and like enjoyed it and stuff and when they were doing that and uh, Michael Gambon's character turns around and she goes, yes, yes, I know. That's what I told you. That's what <laughs> yeah. everyone told you. And he's like, but he was headless. <laughs> he's like, uh, yeah, that's what we've been saying all along. <laughs> like type thing. I just thought it was so good. And there's one other bit what I thought was really funny was, so Ichabod is like, he wants to do these autopsies basically on um, the the woman that was, because there was a woman that was killed. And he brings her in and he goes, I need to operate. And your mind goes, but she's dead. <laughs> and just yeah, like, and uh, actually, am I the f- I'm just going to say the other funny bit because otherwise I'll forget. But you know when Brom is killed yeah, and they turn around and um, they say to Katrina about him being dead, she's like, well, I cried, I, I, but I don't feel anything. She's kind of, she gets over it like in a millisecond. Yeah, like- yeah. <laughs> yeah, she couldn't give less of a shit. I have to say, she talked about her. She's a character I struggle with this in this in this movie. Oh, really? How come? I don't know. There's just I don't know if it's. Be- I know. I I think it probably stems and really unfairly from my history having watched Christina Ritchie's movie history. If that makes sense. So she's always just like this dark character and in this she's so light 
her hair's light, her eyebrows are light, she's light, she's not miserable or dour. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and that's, that's so unfair. I know, she's an, she's an actress and she, you know, does many characters and she has done since. And But yeah, I remember watching this and I still haven't got over it. I'm like, you just do, you're just not, I don't know. It's, I just She just doesn't translate that well. I don't understand his appeal with her in it well i think as well she's very young in it she's she comes across very young like she would have probably been i don't know like 1999 she would have been because i think she's about 40 now so she's been like 16 or something at the time and as well really yeah she she was actually i think she was born in 1980 yeah so she'd been about 19 or 18 19 when she's acting in it and coming out yeah but when I was watching it the whole time, because obviously there's like this, you know, um, as Johnny Depp puts it, you've bewitched me. Yeah. <laughs> you must be a witch. Why? Because you've bewitched me. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, but all I see is because obviously Johnny Depp used to date Winona Ryder. And mm. Winona Ryder was with Christina Ricci as a, when she was a little girl in Mermaid. Mermaids. And apparently Johnny Depp used to be on set a lot. And... I think they've even talked about himself. So he's known her. Yeah, because I think he's like about 15, 16 years older than her. Not, not, Mm. not that, I mean, she's, she's an adult, not that that matters type thing. I mean, my husband's 12 years younger than me, but she was, she was, I think she worked because she did come across as kind of like quite naive, but then so does he. I think they actually worked together because they were very, they both seemed very out of their um out of their is that out of their depth is that the, the phrase mm. yeah um but I liked her in it but I know I know what you mean about the bloody motorcycles I know what you mean about the um what we're used to seeing with her um but I I I thought unfairly, she was I know it's unfair of me to say it. no but I think sometimes no I don't think it's unfair of you to say at all I think sometimes we do associate people with certain things and. You know, they get kind of, I suppose, typecast for use of a better term. And they, it's hard to, like, <clears throat> sometimes, like, with Johnny Depp, take Johnny Depp as an actor. When we see him as this quirky guy, you know, we 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 get on board with it. But mm. off the top of my head, I don't think I've, I can't remember off the top of my head a film that I've seen of him where he's just like the everyday joe the everyday love interest you know the matthew mcconaughey of 10 10 guys to how to lose a guy in 10 days type thing like do you know what i mean like and i think if i saw him in that role i'm not saying that he couldn't do it i would be like like tourist huh he's a bit like that in the tourist i haven't seen that but (laughs) but i i think sometimes we get used to seeing certain actors act a certain way and then when they do something different we're like Mm. oh Oh, I don't know yeah. about that. <laughs> but it's like I... they're actors. Yeah, yeah. I do have a bit of beef with this movie. Why are all the witches blonde? I mean... Because you're all fucking sneaky bastards. <laughs> Harry is blonde, by the way, so that's why we're saying it before all the blondes come along going, well, actually, I'm blonde at yeah. the moment. Yeah, but you're fake blonde. Oh, yeah, because that's your real fucking colour. I can this see those is. roots. I can this see those is. roots. um no um what was yeah i do think it's interesting how like but this is a point like why are sort of the the act the actual magic witches all sort of fair 
it's and whereas like the rest of the people are sort of dark and stuff i i wonder if that's like because the world they're in is sort of monochromatic the the magic element has to be lighter mm. even though his mom's got like dark she's very dark that's... yeah mm, i don't know maybe. i don't know maybe you're all sneaky fuckers but i never <laughs> noticed until <laughs> viewing it for this that she's immediately called out as a witch at the beginning because she's got the blindfold and, and she's going the wickety witch the wickety mm. witch oh yeah be one. it's such a weird concept isn't it like when you think back to these times where you know you don't stand a fucking chance it's like you know we can say you're a witch okay you're a witch now i'm gonna i'm gonna drown you but if you don't drown then it means you're a witch i'm gonna burn you it's like it's such Mm -hmm. a strange thing that used to go on that women just didn't stand a freaking chance because the problem is you could do you were jealous of a girl she's a witch and you shout it loud enough everyone's going to believe it because they do fucking believe it well we because on our show the podcast um podcast we did an episode on witch movies didn't Mm. we and we studied the crucible and oh the way the way it just all sort of blows up from like selfish people or people who are just trying to be in control and stuff and and people who are ignorant and don't understand the bigger picture do you know what all these people are do you know what they fucking remind me of? You know these bloody muppets that come on social media and say stupid shit and they rile up everyone and get everyone thinking something. Like someone said something that they didn't mean in the way that everyone thinks it, but everyone jumps in on it. And then they're like, you know, cancelled. You know, things, do you know what? Things haven't changed that much. We just do it differently. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Um, social media is one of the biggest sort of pitchfork areas. <laughs> it's a massive witch hunt. We And the problem is nowadays, it's just it's you've got a wider audience. But yeah, sometimes when I'm looking at, you know, films, you know, especially older ones, there's certain elements I see. And I'm just like, do you know what? To say this is, you know, 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old, not much has really changed. <laughs> No. And it's quite sad when you really examine what used to go on. Like, just, it hasn't. No. No. But, um, <laughs> but back to this amazing, amazing film. Um, one thing I will say with all the actors in it, especially the, the kind of older men, because obviously they, they have this meeting about what they're going to do with Ichabod and all the older blokes are there. And obviously Miranda Richardson's character gets told to go because she's a woman and her yeah. delicate little ears couldn't possibly listen and um they're just all so fucking pervy and gross i know yeah men aren't apart from like well even ichabod to a degree they are not none of the men are portrayed in a particularly no. great light in this movie no apart from the boy like you say he's all right um yeah but the, but the irony is is uh this is obviously a big spoiler but this film came out in 1999 so you know um because when I was watching it with Dev, he thought that Christina Ricci, Katrina, was the person that was... Because we haven't actually talked about the Headless Horseman. So this Headless Horseman is actually being controlled by somebody to get all these heads. And um, he thought it was Katrina that was doing it. And obviously it's... I can't remember her name. Miranda Richardson's character that's doing yeah. it. And that's the thing. So the men are all just horny fuckers, you know, basically wanting to shag everyone around. And Miranda Richardson's in the background, you know, trying to get her money. 
So she's, it's the women you need to watch out for in this one. The men are being made to look like shits, but the women are the sneaky fuckers. <laughs> they're the actual, they're, they're, they're the only ones with their heads screwed on. Yeah, exactly. You have, you have like Miranda Richardson who, mm. yeah, like you say, is being sneaky, observing everybody. She plays the know, game basically and she does it well. Plays the game. Same with um, Christina, Rich, uh, Katrina. Mm. Uh, she's, she's, you know, uh, looking at everybody, observing, you know, like learning a craft. And you have the midwife as well. Mm. She's, you know, these are the three strong women here I mentioned. But um, bringing it back to Miranda Richardson, and I'm going to swear now, but I fucking love her dress at the end. <laughs> it's a, kind of a black and white one, oh, isn't it? It's gorgeous. Every time I watch the movie, I'm just like, oh, I love that. <laughs> do you know do you remember so do you know who she is what show she was in yeah um black adder yeah yeah i find her a little bit i do i think she's interesting in this movie but i find her because i a little bit i don't know off in this movie as well and the way and like some of her lines make me cringe like don't lose your head and things like that oh, fuck off <laughs> she 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 kind of does a good job though of kind of staying in the background like she's mm. there but she's she she plays her part well to, like like I said Dev didn't think it was her he thought it was um, I I can't remember who I thought it was because I watched this when it first came well, out as soon as you see the the creepy witch with the eyes you're just like well that's Miranda Richardson mm. so she's obviously connected to this in some yeah way. Obviously because twins. obviously we see the twins, don't we? Um, mm. So what did you think of um, the Headless Horseman? How, how? So we need to talk about him because he's obviously the guy causing all the problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think he's an, he's an interesting character. I, don't, I think he... <laughs> something I have observed many a time watching this and it's not that deep, but his skull is massive. And it like magically shrinks when it go like he gets his head back, and I'm like, well, can I ask? Right, <laughs> she was holding on to his head to get him to do her her bidding. Yeah, and then like at the end, he realizes, "Fuck you! You could have given me a head back ages ago." Because did he really need to get all those heads? Because obviously, everyone that's killed is killed for a reason, so that in the end, she can get all the money. Well, I don't think he can go to I, I don't think he can be at rest in hell I imagine mm. um, without his head attached to his body so like he needs his head in order to like just just stop <laughs> that that was one scene though where I did say I did think to myself you know when they obviously they so basically there's this tree they find the tree yeah and he this is where he lives for use of a better term and when they're like they start hitting the the tree and obviously blood comes out of it and mm, a lot of great. blood splashes on Ichabod I'm like why are you keeping going you're looking like a fucking crazy person and he's like doing it like a douchebag yeah <laughs> and and then when those heads come out that bit did gross me out of it and as Do you know go on. yeah no well the, the, it's it's in the same spot but at the end, mm. when he realised, like, when he looks at her and he's just like, yeah. And then he kisses her with his, like, sharp oh. teeth and her mouth is all bloody. It's just horrible. I think that's the scariest moment in the film for me. And the way that I, opens up like he's being born or something. 
Yeah, going to hell. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, no, it was it. And the finger. <laughs> and he's got he's always got this like weird look on his face. Apparently he had contacts in. Well, he looks so the worldly, doesn't he? He looks Yeah, because of the teeth. Because he, he was evil in when he was alive, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 But yeah. No, I think um I think he's an interesting one and I like the fact that it's not just just, you know, it's not him. It's not it's not just down to a monster, it's down to human control at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, she just it's down to greed. Mm, yeah. You know, she just wants the money because obviously Chris, Christina's the last um Katrina, sorry, is the last person. She's a little bitch though, the like um Miranda Richardson's character. Like when they're twins and they're like little girls and she snaps the twig so you yeah. support, it's just like well, you mean? And then she kills her own <laughs> sister. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But overall, I think this is a great fucking film. And I will watch it again. That's the thing. I did try and watch oh, yeah. the TV series and I got through some of it, but I didn't finish it. Oh, no. My sister tried to get me into that, but it just... It, it wasn't just, the same. No, it doesn't. Like, isn't he brought into the future through... Oh, is he? I can't even remember. I can't even remember. But... Um, yeah, it doesn't appeal. I do I do like, though, how... It, because the whole way through it... Because remember he, Ichabod, goes to leave and... The whole time I was like, you have to bring um, Masbeth with you. You can't just leave him here. So I was really happy when they all went off to New York together as a happy little family. I needed that ending. Yeah. <laughs> a light ending. Yeah, I needed the light um, ending. I hate to tell you this, Lorraine. There's a little bit of sunshine in that ending. I know. I saw it, but it was but it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes, it is a good um, ending. A good ending to a, a dark movie. Um, that I watch every year, I'd say. Yeah, it's a film I watch a lot of, and I will watch it again. It's definitely like, and with all Tim Burton films, like you know, at Christmas I'll watch Edward Scissorhands, and you know, there's a lot of his film. I love that film. Oh my god, <laughs> I love that film. But I'm a massive Johnny Depp fan. I fucking love Johnny Depp. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen it, obviously we've ruined it for you now. Um, well, but like I said, nineteen ninety nine. But yeah, definitely go and check it out. And myself and Harry did a Tim Burton episode on Show Me the Podcast as well. We do. I think it was like episode six. Or yeah, it was very it? early on, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. But I, it was, it was, uh, it was St. Patrick's Day. Oh, it was because we've got the video of us you you dancing around in the snow, and we've got in the, the snow, ding, like in yeah. Yeah, we've got the um. I, never, I was like, ding, 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 that's Harry Potter, um, <laughs> with the Edward Scissorhands music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, good times. Good times. Good times. But yeah. Um. Anyway, have you got anything to add to this? No, I think I've covered everything. I've, I've said all I need to say. <laughs> that took it out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So do you want people to go and follow you anywhere? Um, You can do. I'm Tales of Peck on um, Twitter. Um, I'm I'm on Instagram, but I, it's just mainly my cat on Instagram at the moment. So until I have something other than my amazing cat show, I, I shan't tell you. <laughs> cool. And you can also go and find myself and Harry on Show Me The Podcast on Instagram and SMTP Cast on Twitter. And like I said, we've got episodes coming out on the 27th of October. So that should be amazing. Yeah, you need to finish editing that to send me how we're doing it again so I can edit the other one. Um, I'm not it. <laughs> as long as I have it for the 18th. 
No problem. Yeah, you've loads of time. Um, cool. And yeah, thanks for listening. And go rate and review on iTunes and Podchaser. And if you want any updates, you can find me on Instagram as Once Upon a Nightmare Podcast, Twitter as a Nightmare Pod, Facebook as Once Upon a Nightmare, and email me at Once Upon a Nightmare Pod at gmail.com. And I am on Buy Me a Coffee, I think as a Nightmare Pod, but I can't remember. <laughs> Professional. I think it's Buy, buy Me a Prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks for coming on, Harry. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. The Podbreed Network is strictly for the small podcasts that are up and coming in the vast world of podcasting. Podbreed is made up of many diverse podcasts coming together to achieve the same goal of being the best damn podcast network on the planet. Find out more at podbreed.com.